Welcome to the Appliance Educator Podcast, brought to you by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath, attainable luxury designed in Lake Tahoe. Today on the podcast, we're talking with John Feldman from Build.com, as well as Galen Bradford from Z-Line Kitchen and Bath about the state of the home appliance industry. Drew here with Appliance Educator, and I've got a great couple guests lined up for a roundtable discussion today, uh, starting out with John Feldman, uh, Senior Category Manager, Build with Ferguson. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. And I'm also joined with uh, Galen Bradford, CMO for Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. Oh, thank you. Excited to be here. Um, so, you know, with the way things have pivoted in the industry lately, and we're always trying to bring the best news to people who want to improve their home, work on a project, you know, how it's done, what's the best way to do it. Uh, one of the undeniable things about uh, COVID and where the industry is heading is that people are shopping online. And we've got uh, a mind here from build.com, one of the pioneers in sort of e-commerce in the uh, home supply product repair category. And uh, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath is also a brand that's really built themselves on e-commerce. So one of the things I wanted to just start you gentlemen out with today, and John, maybe if you want to dive in this first with the beginnings, is kind of the origins of positioning a brand in this category online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a little bit of background about build.com to kind of start us off. Um, we were an e-commerce company founded in 2000. Um, like you said, Drew, we're one of the first e-commerce companies. I don't know if we were the first, but we're pretty close. Um, and we were actually founded as a master's project uh, for the local university here at Chico State uh, by our founder, Chris Friedland. Um, he started this business out of his apartment uh, and he's got some great stories. He's got some great stories about, you know, spray painting a couch that he did in order to make it look newer um, when he had vendors come visit him <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just that really, you know, a very interesting kind of uh, that garage start as, as many of those tech companies have started in. But, um, yeah, we were actually founded as a plumbing supply company. Um, Chris is working for a plumbing supply company here in town. Uh, approached them, said, hey, I think people buy this stuff online. They said, you're out of your mind. Nobody will ever buy anything online. This is, the internet's a fad. Why would it? <laughs> so, and he said, you know what? I'm going to go do it. So he did it. Um, and yeah, so we've been around since 2000. So a little over 20 years now. Um, we were bought, acquired by Ferguson back in 2007 and have been kind of operating on that underneath that umbrella. We've been operating kind of on our own for a little while, uh, kind of out on an island, just uh, the e-commerce, the digital professionals um, owned by Ferguson, but not really uh, participating fully in their business. But now over the past couple of years, it's really begun, we've really aligned our businesses. We're really starting to see this opportunity to create a, uh, you know, a seamless experience both between the brick and mortars and uh, the digital business. So that's, you know, now you start to see build really adopt their, you know, their lineage, right? Now we're, now we're build with Ferguson. Now we're um, really trying to lean in on that name, especially on the professional side, but build really is like worthy peer play e-commerce channel for Ferguson. And now, now we're really trying to kind of lead the charge or work hand in hand with Ferguson to, uh, to create a seamless omni-channel experience, really, you know, benefit our customers. I think that's really interesting uh, just in doing some homework on the origins of build, you know, it's kind of very proudly stated of we're non brick and mortar. Um, what, what sort of influenced the alignment as you spoke of with Ferguson and kind of trying to create this omni-channel experience where the brick and mortar and the e-commerce site are creating kind of a more holistic shopping experience for your customer? Well, I, I like what you said there, Drew, about the, about the e-commerce pride around build.com, build, build with Ferguson. Now, I mean, really like we kind of see ourselves as a, Depending on who you ask, we, I mean, we really see ourselves as kind of a tech company that sells 
home improvement goods. Whereas, I mean, but um, whereas Ferguson's much more of like, you know, builder showroom business. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a very, it's a very interesting, uh, you know, mix, right? The, the Ferguson business is so heavily influenced and, and focused on the designers and the, especially in like home improvement, we're very focused on the designers and the professionals and, and the, uh, you know, on the, on the counter side, very much the trade professionals, showroom side, very much designers, custom builders, uh, GCs. But the, I think the big opportunity here is that we have such success apart. We've done it. We've done so much and we've been so successful as individual business units what would happen if we actually worked like started combining these and started taking you know the best in class distribution network that ferguson has the best in class showroom network that ferguson has and merged it with the best in class digital experience you know obviously i'm biased i like you know i like build.com's experience more than more than anyone else out there but uh um it, it was really like we have these two standalone businesses that do incredibly well on their own what happens if we start harnessing each other's strengths to really, you know, create a, a stronger business for our customers at the end of the day? I think that's great. And, you know, that's something uh, the appliance educator is really behind is like trying to provide the best experience because I think for a lot of people, especially in the last couple of years, it's I'm at home. How do I do this myself? Where do I go? And I mean, any brand that's like, we're thinking about that consumer and their experience can capitalize on it because they're ready to kind of educate, showcase and provide the best products. You know, that's really interesting. Um, I kind of want to pivot over to uh, Galen here with that. Just based on what John said, I know that's something that Zline's really taken an approach to kind of this like omni-channel experience as well. And it sounds like Zline's kind of uh, tried to foster a similar type of, type of model, similar to the union. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I, yeah, we, we have, you know, we're one of the few brands that kind of started with um, e-commerce first, direct to consumer and uh, build really adopted this. And so it's really cool to sit here and talk about, um, you know, really the journey of how build.com got started because uh, you guys really were one of the pioneers with Amazon of, of shipping direct to consumer um, with, with appliances. Really, you guys were like one of the first to do it. So I think that's extremely cool. So John, we met in 2017. I believe so. We met, no, 2018. We met at KBIS 2018. 2018. And then we went over to the Chico offices uh, that later that year, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys moved quickly. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the appliance industry does not move very fast, but uh, Z-Line, Z-Line was extremely quick. So uh, yeah. It's, it's been a fun ride. And, and when we were first out over there into, uh, into your Chico offices, built offices, we noticed that um, your culture and your vibe was very unique um, for any of the other partners we've been working with. And I thought that was really cool. I'd love to sort of hit on some of the, the early culture stuff. And I know that started with Chris and I know you've been with Build, what, about six and a half years? Yeah, a little over six and a half years now. Six and a half years. Um, I'd love to talk about Chris. I, 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 in some research, I, was, I read this article and uh, it just really kind of reminded me of uh, how Andy Zero and I like think about hiring people. <laughs> but he, he said, when we make job offers, we tell people they can take a drug test right away and start work tomorrow, or they can wait two weeks and come back when they're ready. I think of this as an IQ test. Anyone who takes a drug test right away and flunks it isn't smart enough to work for us. <laughs> That's Chris. That's Chris. <laughs> so I'd love to hear kind of like the early days um, when you're working with him and, and, and maybe how, how, that, how that was critical to building the culture that you guys had. You guys had like this dugout here and you're ringing the bell. And actually, you guys have given us some, some ideas that we have in our new offices. I'm excited to have you out here 
um, at some point when the pandemic is over and kind of show you our ideas. We have Bell now that we actually saw from Bill. Absolutely. Idea. But I'd love for you to touch on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the main thing around Bill when it, when it first, was first started, is it's like it's just get stuff done. Now, we had a little bit of a little bit slightly different, uh, you know, <laughs> wordage on that, but uh, it's really just get stuff done. And, get shit done right? get uh, yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I should be swearing on this yeah. podcast, but yes, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Get shit done. So, um, but it, it's, there's, there's such a spirit of entrepreneur. Uh, there's such an entrepreneurial spirit here at build.com. Um, and it, it's really been the, it's, I think that's one of our strongest suits. Like, when build was started, it was literally, you know, it, it was Chris and I think, you know, Chris and one other guy that kind of just worked through everything and, and tried to figure it out. And, and, you know, over like over a year or two, they expanded like 12 people. And then, you know, now we're a business of over, you know, I think, I think we got about 800 people on our headcount now um, wow. that, that, you know, work specifically for build.com. It might be a little less than that, but because of all the blending of departments between Ferguson now, but um, the big thing has always been just like, you own your book of business. Now go do what you need to do with your book of business. Go, you know, like I manage a team of about 10 people now. And, and my thing is like, I, I, my entire job as a manager is to make, is to enable my team to do what they need to do to sell all the stuff they possibly can. Um, and I want them to own their book of business through and through. They have, you know, they have brands, they have categories that are responsible own that and do what you need to do. If you need help, let me know. I will do whatever I can to make that possible. But at the end of the day, own your stuff and, and maximize it, you know, sell as much shit as, shit as you can. I mean, we're, we're you know, uh, we're on here with Z-Line, so I feel like I could talk about it, but like we're nearing our first month of, of over a million dollars in sales with Z-Line. And I, I mean, it's like, it's because of the brand manager, you know, shout out to Alex Ortner, but that guy has gone through and he's done everything that he possibly can to sell as much Z line as he possibly can. And, and it's, it's done, you know, extremely well. We see, we've seen massive ramp up from 2018 to now, you know, less than three years. And we've already, we're already at that point. So, and that's really, that's the, really the crux of the entire business. That's the crux of the entire attitude to build is own your stuff and then and, and get your shit done. Like do whatever you can to maximize your business and as long as it's not immoral, unethical, or illegal, like you, I'm, I'm going to back you up on it. And, and let's go, like, let's do everything that we possibly can um, to enable sales. I, I feel like there's, you know, some people are kind of in the, they, they don't want to enable sales, but I, I'm in the sales enablement business and I want to make sure that we're maximizing everything that we possibly can. And oh, yeah. that's, that's what, that's what build has always been about. So as a senior manager um, and kind of like instilling that ethic in your team, what are some of the skills or the techniques that you use to, um, to really get shit done? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really about accountability, right? Like we have, we have, we have set goals every single month and you've got, you've got those goals that you're supposed to hit, that you're required to hit. Um, and it's not just about like, I mean, all of my guys have, you know, multiple things that they're responsible for. So their, their roll up of, of revenue um, is not really the key issue. It's the key issue is, are we hitting our individual goals for each of those areas of responsibility? What would um, be an example of a goal? What would be well, like, like, like Z-Line, right? Like Z-Line's got a, like got a brand goal. We've got monthly goals, monthly revenue goals for Z-Line. Um, and if we're not hitting those, then we need to dive in and figure out why. And if we are hitting those, let's, let's, you know, let's celebrate that. It's, I think one of the biggest things is that 
it, it's being available and really doing everything that you can to show your team that you're in this with them. Like even though um, ultimately, one of the things I always say is I'm a figurehead, right? Like I've got I've got goals, but my goals are uh, you know a combination of my entire team's goals. Like I can't hit anything unless they hit their goals. So at the end of the day, um, I'm a figurehead. I'm only there to enable sales. And if I stop being there to enable sales and I'm not, then I, like, I need to get out of the way. Um, so the biggest thing is just like giving them a sense of, you know, autonomy. You've got to give them a sense of autonomy, but you've got to be available when they need it, right? Like you can't just, you can't just leave them out there on an island and say, go make this happen. Give them the training, give them the skills, give them the knowledge that they need in order to accomplish and be there in case they need anything else, you know, to, to, to grow that brand, to grow that category further. But ultimately, let them have the runway, let them have the, you know, the space to do what needs to be done. Again, it's not illegal, immoral, unethical, or unethical, go do it. And if you need help getting it done, that's what I'm supposed. That's what I should be stepping in to do, you know, to to make that happen. But ultimately, it's about autonomy. It's about giving them the runway to to do what they need to do. It's about giving them, you know, it's about not getting on them if if you know if they if something doesn't work, right? Like I will be, I am much happier with a member, you know, with a team member that goes out there and tries something kind of wild. Maybe it doesn't work, but I'm still like whatever, you know, like we'll, we'll figure out how to make up that revenue. We'll figure out whatever, but I'm, I'm still happier that they're taking chances. Um, you've got to create a culture in which, in which that's acceptable because ultimately that's how you see growth. Like you're like, you can keep doing what you've always done and see like, you know, solid 10% growth. But if you want to start seeing, you know, 75, hundred plus percent growth, you've got to give them runway. You've got to give team members runway. You've got to give the business owners runway and freedom to do what they think needs to be done. No, I think that's fantastic. And that's one of the keys to your growth you guys have had. That's just fantastic. Yeah, John, I couldn't agree more with basically everything you just shared about what good, good quality leadership and how, how that role on a team works well. Can you talk a little bit about your history with leadership? Like where you kind of learn? Obviously, I mean, you sound like you get it. So where did you gain some of that experience? Uh, well, I would, so... I gained a lot of my leadership experience while I was in the military, and it, which is kind of a funny thing when I'm talking about freedom, right? Like, like freedom in the military, at least, at least like for individuals in the military is not really synonymous, right? Like, um, but I had this leader, uh, Brian Smith, uh, who, you know, told me he wants, this is the greatest advice I've ever got. If somebody doesn't tell me to stop doing what I'm doing the first time I do it, I'm never going to stop doing it. Like after that, like they've, they've run out of, like you've run out, of, it's too late. Like I'm just going to keep doing this forever because you didn't stop me the first time. And that was, you know, that was, that was something that I hadn't really experienced in the military. And that was, you know, I'd already been in for uh, a good three years at that point. And he gave me that, he gave me that advice. And it was like, that, that's fantastic. Right. Like, you know, it, go do what needs to be done. And if they don't stop you the first time, then you're doing the right thing. And, um, so, but growing up in the military, I, I was a young leader, right? Like I was 20 years old um, and I was out there leading troops, you know, during, uh, in Germany, I was stationed in Germany for a little while. Then I came back to Fort Hood, Texas, um, which is where I met Brian. Uh, and he was my direct supervisor there. And then we deployed to Iraq. Um, and yeah, so, it, you know, 
a lot of leadership is, is trust. Like that's really what I learned in the military. I mean, the the thing in the military is it's very like, um, it's very uh, do this and don't question, right? Like just go do this. I'm your leader, go do this. I'm telling you this for a reason. And there's a huge amount of trust that you have to put in your leader for that, right? Like I have to trust my leader implicitly to believe that what he is telling me to do is the right thing. And that is, that was one of the foundations of, of coming back, you know, stateside and, and getting into, you know, the civilian world, but hate that terminology, but like the civilian world and being a leader there, it's, you have to trust your team and the military very like, directive right just go do what i'm telling you to do um and in the, that does not work nearly as well believe it or not <laughs> when you're dealing with with people in the civilian population they do not like being told what to do as um you know they do not like be just being directed which but the one thing that really stuck with me is trust you always have to trust your leaders because if you don't trust your leaders and i've experienced this across the board i've experienced this in, the, in you know in the military i've experienced this in my you know in in uh the in private companies where it's like, if I don't trust my leader, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be effective at my job. So the thing that has stuck with me the most through my time in leadership is that you have to have a team that trusts you. You have to present yourself as a trustworthy individual. And the way that you do that is, you know, by having your people's back. And I was talking about mistakes, right? Like where somebody messed up something or made the wrong call, You've got to have your team has to have the trust to know that, like, even if they mess this up, or I don't want to say mess it up because that's not really what we're looking for. Even yeah, if this yeah. isn't successful, yeah, even exactly. if this doesn't work out as well as we were hoping, you have to they have to have that trust in you that you're not just going to jump down their throat about it, right? Because, like, ultimately, that's not really a trustworthy environment. And so, the military taught me how to, that I needed to trust my leaders and my, you know, the my subordinates who want needed to trust me and then once i got into that that's that's really the main thing i've carried into this into the civilian world is that i need to create a uh an environment of trust where they can trust me where they can trust their teammates and know that like the decisions that they make as long as they're well thought out and well reasoned are going to be backed up and um yeah that's the biggest thing that i've learned in leadership and really the core to all of my, you know, everything I do or try to do as a leader. That's fabulous. No, I think that's great. So now I kind of want to pivot. Because I think a lot of what you said about trust is really interesting. And I think there's an interesting relationship here. Going back to what you kind of mentioned of doing something wild. We're talking about e-commerce brands. We're talking about you need to be doing something new or you're passe, right? So talk to me about what you kind of envision is that like making something wild that you're dramatic choice or where things are going, especially with build with Ferguson and like, what's kind of exciting on the horizon. Well, I think that the biggest thing is that like, I think that we're just going to see more and more people adopt the e-commerce world. I mean, you're, you're talking like one of the greatest examples that I've seen is, is companies like Carvana and Vroom, right? Like if you had told me three years ago that people would be buying, you know, a $40,000 BMW or a $50,000, you know, Land Rover over, over the internet, I would have told you you're out of your mind, but <laughs> people are buying, you know, they're spending tens of thousands of dollars on things digitally now. And, and those are used cars. Like those are things that other people have used and, and they're being delivered to their house. And it's like, 
we're seeing this we're seeing this fundamental shift in in like in consumer comfort like it's not just really it's i mean everyone talks about consumer behavior and it's like people are always going to buy stuff so like if we're talking about the most fundamental consumer behavior it's buying right and people are always going to do that it's what avenue are they going to use and i think recently and even before even before the pandemic we were seeing this shift we were seeing people buy through carvana through vroom which in my mind is like absolutely people can buy appliances online you know like people can buy 20 30 40 thousand dollar kitchen appliance packages online and let's create an environment where you know going back to trust where they trust build.com to provide those products and be the subject matter experts um the biggest thing is i think we're going to see more and more um blended uh, blended, uh, you know, shopping. People are going to be using. People already use the internet for everything, right? They're already using the internet for research. Um, I'm using the internet more and more and more for research rather than rather than you know the brick and mortars. But there's still a massive need for the brick and mortars with that customized service. I mean, you walk into a Ferguson showroom and you meet with one of their consultants. Those consultant appointments could last six hours and it's not because you know th that they're just everyone's just bullshitting it's because that 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 showroom rep is taking the time to literally walk through to build that trust with the customer that they know what they're talking about that 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 rep knows what they're doing and they're spending six hours walking walking a customer around the showroom floor showing them all the different appliances showing all the different plumbing the lighting so but now, uh, really, one of the most exciting things, you're talking about new and exciting things that, that Bill with Ferguson has done. Bill with Ferguson now is in every single one of those showrooms. We now, like now, all of those Ferguson showroom reps have access to Bill with Ferguson. So we're presenting them millions and millions of products. The showroom rep is walking them around. They're showing them a Sub-Zero Wolf, you know, Sub-Zero Fridge, a Wolf Range. They're showing them Thermador. They're showing them all of the different brands that they carry there. And... Customers can even just look and see and touch. And, but the thing about a showroom is space is very finite, right? Like you've only, you've got room for one range. You've got room for, you know, one range per brand. Um, so now customers like, look at this. This is real high quality. I really like this. Well, look at the rest of this. Like, look at the rest of this. What I really think is we're just going to see the, the physical and the digital merge further and further and further. And it's not like we're not talking about like the Borg or anything like that, but we're talking about like we're going to see we're going to see customers that need that seamless experience where they are working with a person, you know, physically at a brick and mortar store. But then they've got the in the files of a digital website um, to really show them, like, here's the quality of the product. Now, here's all of the products that are offered underneath that. You can trust that the quality is going to be the same for these products as it is for this. And I think we're just going to keep seeing that uh, to the extent that, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be seamless. People will be, people will be like, let me, give me some time to think about it. Go home, purchase it. You know, they're going to purchase it wherever they want. And that is really one of the keys that we're trying to do is we're trying to provide product to customer when, where, how they need it. And then, you know, really provide that personalized service for everyone so they can they can feel comfortable in purchasing 10 20 30,000 dollars worth of appliances uh from an individual online no i think that's a fantastic point kind of circling back to what you were saying this omni channel like, and you know on appliance educator we definitely know there are people who like to do their homework this is some these are not just casual decisions there's a lot of research and information absolutely 
And I think uh, kind of what you're touching on there too, though, is at the end of the day, having that personalized expert in your in your presence to actually give you some guidance is often the, the kind of key reassurance factor to make someone say, I'm feeling confident about my selection. Um, I also think it's really interesting to look at, you know, as you mentioned, all of these are trends that were occurring before the pandemic, but it's almost as if the pandemic just kind of accelerated this behavior, kind of jumped things five or 10 years. 100%. The, the comfort of, you know, buying a car five years ago would seem absurd online. And now it's like, you're seeing major brands promoting the idea that like, this is the new way we're going to do this. So with, with looking at that and with just such a giant, I think, acceleration of the behavior and the market kind of coming together, what do you kind of foresee as like, I guess the next step in sort of educating and, uh, informing and creating that better customer experience. What do you kind of see as like what brands are going to need to start doing to be on that frontier of creating the like best consumer experience? That's, that's a really good question. I mean, like the, the, you're seeing a lot of really like kind of novel technologies like AR, um, you know, augmented reality and everything where you can actually like display the product in your room. Um, and I think that that, I think that that there's a lot of opportunity around something like that. I mean, when you're able to just kind of like visual, I mean, one of the, one of the things that when, you know, when we were, when, uh, customers come into the showrooms and everything, they're always bringing like outside that like, I think about the study that we did was like about half of them brought like outside inspiration. They bring like a piece of cloth or like fabric. Um, they bring like a picture, they bring all this stuff. And now you're kind of allowing like that visualization to happen directly in your home. I think that AR is a very, very cool technology. Um, I, you know, it, I think that, like that's the one that really sticks out into my mind just because again, it allows you to see how everything looks in your home. It allows you to see, you know, at least, through an augmented screen, but um, it, I think that the big thing is that we're going to keep seeing, I think the biggest trend that we're going to keep seeing is is um, more customization though. Like as far as like more on like the macro level, um, not necessarily like individual tools, but I think that you're going to see more and more customers um, like you're spending, again, you're spending any appliance package is probably starting around $5,000, like even for, even for the most base model stuff. Right. Um, but even at that point, I think more and more people are, you know, when you spend that amount of money, you want that, you want those appliances to kind of reflect you, right? Like you want, like, especially when you start spending 10, 20, 30, 40,000, like you want those appliances to reflect you. Um, so there's always like, there's a lot of, customization that I foresee and not necessarily like building a product from the ground up, but you know, more color variations, um, more knob and handle variations. Like here's a black range. Can I get that with like gold knobs? You know, and that's, that's really a big trend that we've started to see brands like brands like Z line brands like cafe appliances. Um, blue star is kind of like blue stars, kind of one of those brands that you can literally put anything that you want. I've seen like, I've seen Monet's, on you know a Monet painting on on a 48 inch range it's I think that like you're going to continue to see that it might not be that you know it might not be the level of customization that a Blue Star offers because that's just completely next level but it's going to be like you know here's like here's 
30 different colors and here's 30 different knob options. And, and that's really the trend that I've seen that a whole bunch of brands, brands like Bertazzoni, Z-Line Cafe, um, then you've got, there, there's all sorts of brands out there that are offering some type of variation to their product where you can make it even, where you can customize that product even a little bit more. And I foresee more and more brands going that way. Then there's also like the, the smart home, right? And I think that they're like, right now to me, there's a lot of cool stuff in the smart home, but uh, I think that there's still a ways to go before it becomes like ultra, ultra useful. The biggest thing to me that, that, uh, seems most useful is the being able to connect to an appliance and find out what's wrong with it as a servicer. But, you know, brands like Samsung kind of pioneered the whole, uh, the whole smart kitchen, right? Like they, they put, they literally put a TV screen into their fridge where, and that, that thing is like a family hub. And I think that there's, there's some really cool applications like that. I'm really excited to see where that goes and see what more and more brands do with it because Right now, to me, the most useful thing that, that that offers is the service side. But I mean, the great thing about appliances is that they're always growing. They're always changing. Technology is always moving forward. So I'm really excited to see what comes next in that situation. Hey guys, Drew from the Appliance Educator Podcast here. And I just wanted to take a minute out to talk about our amazing sponsor, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. You've heard the guests and the hosts talk about this amazing brand and all the attainable luxury that they create right here in the heart of Lake Tahoe, USA. From freestanding ranges to ventilation, dishwasher and microwave, to everything you'll need to complete your next bathroom project, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath is bringing luxury into your next project. No, I think that's fantastic. I to touch on a couple things you mentioned there, I I do think it's interesting to see we're kind of in the first wave of of integrating consumer grade electronics into different applications like appliances. But I think it's really exciting to see where that's going to advance with some of the people the way they're integrating IR cameras and different technology there. Another thing I think that's really interesting that you touched on is is we've seen in the home space. You know, there's there's always trends, but I think trends are getting much more away from sort of generational and builder driven, and now becoming um, with the kitchen has always been a very personal space and now there's so many more options to customize and especially looking at the appliance educator audience you know it's so much about oh i like this i like this shape but i want to do it my way i need to do it in my space and kind of bring all those different nuances together because the kitchen has always been such a personal space like most spaces in the home um one thing i wanted to ask you about too john just kind of in the vein of what we're discussing uh we looked in and saw that there's a modernism week is something build.com is kind of talking about. And it, 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 I think it's really interesting to see it, it kind of as a platform, like let's highlight a style and then discuss like, sort of the execution and approach to that style. Can you talk a little bit about like Modernism Week and kind of the thought behind that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that Modernism Week is really, it's one of those things, it's, it's a it's a merging of the new and the old, right? Like you've got, you've got the very retro style of, uh, of um of palm springs right the fact that you've got a lot of retro style housing i mean palm springs is kind of prides itself on being the little jewel in the desert it's kind of a little offbeat from the from the rest of everything uh in the area and so you've really got like a merging of the new and the old with with modernism week um one of the other big sponsors you know we've got we got brizo um we've got gen air and like you know, Brizo's got all sorts of crazy finishes. You know, they got a lot of the, a lot of the more modern looks like the black with, with, you know, real, real, like solid, you know, uh, um, 
uh, apparent lines, you know, really, really smooth, modern looking lines. And you've got things like Gen Air with their obsidian interior on their, on their refrigerators. And it's just like, Modernism Week is one of those really cool opportunities because it's, it's not just it's not just a trade show either. I mean, trade shows are trade shows are great. They're a lot of fun to go to. You get to see you know everybody in the industries. But Modernism Week is taking place in people's homes. You know, it, it's a very interesting, unique, uh, unique event every single year. But I really it, it, the coolest thing to me is just that that fusing of the old and the new, the retro and the modern. Um, and yeah, like I, I obviously it's virtual this year, but hoping to make it back down there again here soon because it's one of my favorite events. Is there anything exciting on the horizon for for Build with Ferguson that that you'd like to take some time to share with the audience and just kind of open the floor to you a little bit here on that end? Yeah, apps. I mean, again, I'm just really excited to see this this Omni Channel. You know, to really get to our our end state where we are, you know, where we're offering. The the biggest thing that like that Ferguson and Build have always, uh, you know, uh, really prided themselves on is the personalized service. Um, Build, even though we're an e-commerce website, we have a we have a, a large sales staff that is all on the phones um, that are literally there to help out you know help out customers with anything. Uh, we've got a professional division, we've got a consumer division, and the, but the biggest thing that, that Ferguson and Build have always prided themselves on is providing a custom, unique, personalized experience for each of our customers. When they're calling in to talk to a salesperson, they're not just getting, you know, there's no script to read off of. Every single one of those people is in there. They're there to help. They're there to, to you know, uh, help make imp- home improvement less of a chore and, you know, allow, you know, go out and find things for the customer, be a personalized, you know, shopper for that customer rather than, you know, rather than forcing the customer to scroll through 1.5 million products, call in, talk to somebody, tell them what, tell them your preferences, uh, tell them like what you're kind of into, what you're interested in, and then allow that, that, that sales rep to really help that customer find exactly what they need. Um, the big thing though is is just providing that seamless experience between the brick and mortar stores and and the the footprint that Ferguson has, and utilizing the digital expertise that Build has, and providing a all encompassing, unique, you know, experience for every single one of our customers, and really setting the standard for what home improvement should be online. No, I think that's awesome. And I think a lot of with what you've said today is even though we're seeing technology advance so much and be such a drag, um, it's never eliminated the human element. It's it's that customer care informed professionalism is still going to be the driving thing to help someone make an informed decision. Exactly. Confident. Yeah, I'd actually like to know what John's goals are. Like what are what are your goals here, you know, for for build and for the team, like your personal goals and and like what what would be like a success for you this year? You know, I just want to, I want to see continued, you know, sustainable, healthy growth out of, out of build.com. I mean, my personal goals, I'm, I'm working on my MBA right now. I want to get that done by the end of this year. Um, as far as like the build appliance category goals though, I'd really like to see, um, you know, one of the things is I think we're bigger players out there than we kind of even realize ourselves. We're not, um, but we really want to get to be, uh, one of the dominating forces in appliances online. Uh, there's an opportunity out there to to take it, uh, you know, to go out there and 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 
seize market share. And I really think that's one of our biggest things that we need to, that we're going to be focusing on over the next 12 to 24 months. Um, and then also, you know, really, we need to prove our value add to the customers after this pandemic, you know, as this pandemic kind of dies out or hopefully dies out, you know, who knows what, what the future holds, but uh, we've been the, we've been the beneficiary of a lot more people staying at home. Now, what's our next step? What are we going to offer? What are we going to provide to the customer now that they're, you know, now that lockdowns are being lifted, now that this country's starting to open up a little bit more, what is the reason for customers to keep coming back to us to purchase their appliances? And I'm really excited to kind of, you know, figure out what we need to do in order to be that, you know, that retailer for those customers. That's exciting. I mean, I think you guys are extremely well positioned because you have brick and mortar. You're also, you know, one of the one of the best e-commerce experiences out there. So it's you guys. You guys are kind of hitting everything from all channels. What, well, we what's, hope so. What's a crazy idea that uh, you guys are working on that you're allowed to share with us? Um, I mean, right now it's really trying to get to that. Uh, it's really trying to get to that full service. You know, providing that that service, the the an equal service level as that we would uh, for someone like, uh, you know, for like a Home Depot or a Lowe's or some of our, you know, or even our Ferguson counterparts. We, we, I want to get, I want to bring our service level up. Our service, you know, we keep track of our service levels constantly. Our customer service levels are constantly being looked at. Um, the appliance supply chain is in a lot of flux right now. It, it's it's kind of, <laughs> every supply chain is in flux right now, but the appliances, especially uh, if you're trying to get dishwasher laundry, everybody who's tried to do that knows exactly what's going on there. Um, Preaching the choir, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, even even a brand like Z-Line that has excellent, excellent, you know, inventory position still has to deal with the, the, the craziness around all of all the supply chain issues. But it's really, you know, I want to make sure that we're on par with our with our plumbing and lighting brethren at, at build.com, you know, at, well, brothers and sisters at build.com because it's 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 a lot more difficult to ship a, a uh, package LTL than this ship at uh, UPS or ship at parcel, but um, there's a big opportunity for us to improve that. And we're, we're, we're really trying to get there with, uh, you know, we don't want, we don't want uh, once the country opens up for people to just, you know, never buy an appliance online again. So we're trying to get those service levels up. We're trying to make sure everyone understands that, you know, you're going to get the same level of service uh, through build.com as you will through uh, a brick and mortar showroom or, you know, a brick and mortar retailer like a Depot or Lowe's. Do you think that's the like critical factor is when they have that positive customer service interaction that they're going to say, I went from the one time it was during quarantine to buy the appliance to a lifetime online shopper. Exactly. I mean, I really think, I, I think that the biggest thing that we've got to get over right now is that hesitancy, right? Again, like even you're just, you're asking people to spend a lot of money for products that become the centerpiece of their kitchen, right? Like a lot of people, you know, you're seeing a lot of people, especially in like the premium and the ultra premium where, where the appliances are the statement piece. Like they're, they're, they're status symbol. Like, you know, you've got a sub-zero, a wolf, uh, you've got a sub-zero fridge, a wolf range, you've got Thermidor in your house. Like those are, you've got, you know, you've got Mila in your house. Those are all, those are all status symbols now. And it's, we need to make sure that we're providing ever we're making people comfortable that when they, you know, when they, when they buy something from build.com that they're getting 
a, you know, they're getting the same service they would if they were buying from a showroom. And then when, when something inevitably goes wrong, because, you know, shipping something LTL, especially on its own across country, is something is, you know, you, you, you dance with the devil there a lot, that we're going to make it right. We're not just going to, like, you know, leave that customer out to dry, um, which we don't. But there's still very much, you know, there's still a lot of concern uh, that digital customer service is not on par with the personalized service that you receive in a brick and mortar location. So it's really making more and more people comfortable. Like you said, it's just how do we, you know, we, we can create lifetime customers by creating that service level and then also ensuring that, if, that you know, post-sale issues are taken care of because we sell, we sell, hundreds of thousands of appliances every single year we need like, stuff is bound to go wrong at some point especially right now where everyone is just trying to get product into the market because there's literally nothing there um there's going to be certain there's going to be you know quality issues there's going to be things that are out there will my digital retailer take care of me the same way that, that brick and mortar and and we absolutely will but we've just got to keep working to build that trust. We've got to keep working to make sure that they know that reach out to us. We're here. You've got a person there. You can call somebody on the phone at any time and talk to them about the issue that you're going through. And that is, that is the key to, you know, getting people comfortable with buying online and then keeping people buying online. Absolutely. I think, you know, the apprehension towards looking for a purchase online is definitely shifting, but I agree. I, a lot of people still expect if I purchase something online, I'm, you know, up the Creek without a paddle from there on out and post purchase support, just having someone on the other end who can say, we know who you are. We're here to help you. And we're going to take care of you is the biggest thing that's going to like change the behavior and make people feel more confident going forward. And like you said, I mean, they're making a purchase that is a choice and also an expression of themselves. Like the home, especially the kitchen, it's very, very personal space. And people are like, this is something I care. There's, I think there's a surprising amount of emotional and personal investment in the selection. of Absolutely. One would initially think. I think if we do our jobs right, all three of us, honestly, then um, we actually can create a better experience for the customer than they're used to going into a department store or going into a high-end showroom like Ferguson's. We can create an even better experience where you're able to shop, you're able to look at all the options, you're able to find the best price and the best quality product, the best service by calling on the phone and having one of the best customer service reps in the world answer your, answer your questions. Uh, I think it can be an even better experience. And um, I'm excited to be a part of it and I'm excited to be working with partners like you guys. You guys have given us a lot of um, intel, whether you know it or not, in terms of how to um, run run our growing clients business. And it's it, we've taken some cues with our culture here. And I just really appreciate you taking the time, John. It's uh, it's nice to have a have a fireside. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you know you all inviting me to do this. It's been fantastic. It's fun. Ha you know, I'm an appliance nerd, so I love talking appliances. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> which is kind of a weird thing to like talking about, but still, um, I you know I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate the you know the chance to sit down and talk about this because it's been fantastic. I've got one last fun one for you, John, on your way out, especially since you're saying I'm an appliance nerd. Do you got any cool projects that you've done recently or that you're looking forward to do just to kind of give a little personal side of like, here's the little project I'm working on? Um, I feel like, I feel like the entire, the entire past year and a half has just been like, you know, on trying to put out fires every single which way, uh, you know, 
one of the really cool things that we've been is just like it's really kind of brand expansion and and working with more and more partners that's been one of the coolest things because you know you're getting to see so many different um so many different ideas so many different appliances you so many different you know just points of view uh we're working with you know european manufacturers we're working with homegrown manufacturers you know in, in reno nevada which is like two and a half hours away from us it's it's very cool to uh just the relationships are really the thing that i've been working on the most this past year because there doesn't feel like there's been much time for anything else um you know it, there's there's a ton of opportunity, but it's again, it, there's just so many fires going on with every single which, every single which way that the thing that I've really been trying to focus on is, is build relationships with you know not only internally at Build.com, but with you know with Zline, with with the with the folks over at Whirlpool, with the, with all of the different you know with the folks over at BSH, all of the different people that we work with. Uh, on a day in day out it's it's trying to understand them and the and the issues that they're going through uh be on the manufacturer side and then working with them on the issues that we're going through on the dealer side and that's really been the main my main focus over the past uh you know 12 months or so just because i think the relationship building is is probably the most important thing we can be doing uh during a global pandemic where <laughs> <laughs> who knows when products coming around again. So, um, yeah. That's great, John. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Galen. It was awesome having you here as well. And, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. John excited to get this out there and let everybody hear all the great stuff you shared with us today. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. I really appreciate the time. This has been the Appliance Educator Podcast, brought to you by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Appliance Educator for more tips and tricks and advice to keep your home running at optimal performance. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, leave us a comment. Appliance Educator, signing off.